Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Well, today I am excited to have uh, a great friend, Dr. Brian Ray, with us, and um, I've been looking forward to this very much. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about Brian, uh, Brian Ray is the president of the National Home Education Research Institute, um, which, uh, and he's internationally known for his research on homeschooling. He's published multiple peer review articles, books, and chapters across nearly four decades. Um, Brian Ray is an expert witness in courts and legislatures and a former professor of science and education at the undergraduate and graduate levels and a classroom teacher in public and private schools. He holds a bachelor's degree in biology from the University of Puget Sound, an MS in zoology from Ohio University, and his PhD in science education is from Oregon State University. I'm, it's always fun for me to read that, Brian, um, and to, to know that I, I know you as a friend. So thank you so much for, for joining today. You're welcome, Nathan. It's great to be here as always. And when you read those, when you read those degrees, I, I, I want to make a comment real fast. For people. Yeah. You know what? I was just talking with some media journalist the other day and, and writing to people and, and all this stuff. And I thought, you know what? I don't think it was institutional schooling that got me excited about any of that. But I was, a, you know, a schooly kind of guy and I liked academics. But number one, the Lord made me a certain way. Mm -hmm. And ever since I was a little kid, I loved looking at animals, watching animals, playing with spiders for hours and snakes. And secondly, that was that was God did that. Okay. Secondly, my parents encouraged that. I don't know what they knew. I don't know why they knew it, but they knew to encourage in me how I was made. Mm -hmm. I'll always, I'll always remember this, Nathan. This is related to our conversation. If I make make you go for another half a minute. Oh yeah. I'll always remember that my older brother was an excellent athlete and he was, he was good academically. You know, he did well. And I was, I did very well academically, but I was, I had to work as they say, my tail off just to kind of be okay athletically and kind of make you know make the team so to speak but my dad even though he was very short on words and a lot of people thought of him as very a tough personality he said to me one day when we drove over to pick up my brother from football practice at high school and he just said to me something like you know brian your brother's really good in sports and you're really good in academics and learning things like wow <laughs> think of the power of your dad saying that yeah and then my mom my mom this is my mom this is way back in the 60s she was talking with one of the nuns once i went to catholic grade school and she said mrs ray all brian reads about are explorers adventurers and animals now you <laughs> need to get him to read other kinds of books <laughs> my mom said okay sister she brought me to the library, the public library. She said, get whatever you want and read it. <laughs> so That's what beautiful. happened? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, those are those. That's what happens. We got to remember those things raising our children. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's amazing how uh, you know you have you have a, a house full of kids that you raised. Um, I have a house full. Um, it's amazing to me how different each person is and God made each person as an individual different from the next one and yes. made them with each with their own interests and gifts and abilities. It's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I think, I mean, I don't know what we're all we're going to talk about today, but where I think we're going to talk about research, yeah. we might talk about a new study, but when, when people, since we're talking about this and, and people say, well, oh, hey, Dr. Ray, how do homeschool kids do academically? And then I'd say, hey, on average, they do better than average. And, and maybe we'll talk about that. But here's what I really tell people. Now, and this is what I try to do in courts now is, is ask anybody, whether a government certified teacher, uh, uh, a parent who's 40, uh, somebody who's 20 years old, just finished public school, whatever. And don't even mention the kinds of schooling out there. Just say, hey, when did children usually learn better? When they're in a group of about three or four kids or 28? Right. And we all know the answer. Yeah. When do, when do they usually learn better? When they're being bullied or not bullied? We all know the answer. <laughs> when, when do children usually uh, learn better or more? They're more excited about learning. When the curriculum they're experiencing is individualized to their particular strengths and weaknesses and interests and desires, or when it's a one shot for everybody, just throw it out there and hope it sticks on 28 kids. We all know the answer. And you just go down this list. And, and when do kids learn better when they have more interaction with adults or less? When do children learn better when there's more mentoring or less? When do children learn better when there's more tutoring or less? And you don't even have to say the H word, homeschooling, but when you're <laughs> when you're done, when you're done, you say, hey, if home-based parent-led education is systemically more of these things and less of the other, why would home-educated children not do well? Right. And yeah. I really think that's a lot of the answer right there about it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean all homeschool kids turn out amazing and wonderful and brilliant and beautiful. It just means that on average, it's going to help them more. Right, right. Well, it, it certainly gives them more opportunity to, um, to, to thrive when you have uh, somebody, when you have that, that student-teacher ratio just by itself is a huge thing. Yes. You have a tremendously, yes. uh, a, a tremendous amount of time spent in a larger classroom is, is organization and trying to keep order. Whereas mm -hmm. with that, just that smaller group, you, you have more ability to, to yeah. actually do learning and answer questions. And yes, I mean, there's even research on that in the institutional <laughs> schools, only, only about one third of the time in school. And almost all of us are going to remember this about only one third of that time is academic learning time. The rest of it is basically wasted there. It's basically wasted. Yeah. And that's one, re that's one reason experienced homeschool parents know they can do in one to two hours what it takes most public and private schools six hours to do. Right, right. Yep, there's, yeah, there's research to back it up. Yep. So you kind of already um, addressed my first question about how how you got started, what what drove you to be interested in in research, but like, how did you end up 
um uh neary is is a is a is a big organization well not a big organization but has had a big impact i should say okay um you've got a lot of people involved in in neary and lots of people know about neary maybe not as many as should for sure um but certainly the work that you have done with neary and others have done in the field of research and homeschooling has had a very large impact how did that start and what was the sort of the impetus behind an organization and a need for that it goes way back nathan <laughs> way back so uh, before i was a doctoral student at oregon state for some reason betsy and i were interested in alternatives so we were sort of like right-wing christian hippies <laughs> and and then while i was while i was a doctoral student we even before that even before that our children were getting older and we were starting to think about like everybody well where are they going to school now think about this before that though this is before we had our first child okay my wife was student teaching in portland oregon in a grade school and i was student teaching in portland oregon in a high school she was pregnant with our first child she came home one day and said something like i don't know what we're going to do but we're never going to put them in school like that huh. there was some vision she had i don't know whether it was totally just rational or something that god just put there and we tucked it away we never heard of homeschooling mm -hmm. and then years later when our first child was becoming school age we had to think about it more which was also the same time i was in uh, my doctoral studies after i'd been already been a teacher in a school and i was bumping into some people who it's kind of a long story i'll make it short who were what we would today call homeschooling or a homeschool co-op okay and then i started looking for research on it and very little had been done like maybe a couple of dissertations and a few articles so i thought well this is fascinating an alternative that maybe is good for kids and families and so i pulled together what had been done i even included some things that were not homeschooling at all but more about how do children do at home versus in a school when they're in preschool you know things like that the i was reaching as far as i could grasping around to get whatever i could get and I wrote a paper on it. And all of a sudden I was an expert because I was doing something that almost that basically nobody was doing. So in 1985, I pulled together and started the journal Homeschool Researcher, where I did just that. I found any study I could on homeschooling and just publicized it. Mm -hmm. That was five years before the Institute. So I finished my doctorate, which was not, my doctoral dissertation was not on homeschooling, that's a whole nother story. There were some politics involved. I don't think my, I don't think my department at Oregon State wanted me studying homeschooling. <laughs> uh, well, we could, that's another story. Uh, and so I, I did do some research and published on homeschooling. And then, you know, I was invited on the NBC Today show. They flew me to New York. And all of a sudden, some of us just thought, hey, you know what? There needs to be an institute that, that focuses on homeschooling. And I would say that the impact has come sort of from a laser focus on the topic of parent-directed home-based education. Anything and everything that has to do with research on that, and also simply because education always involves 
philosophy, worldview, politics, that makes it even more fascinating. Right. And so we just, we have just gone, gone, gone with a big focus. And really, if you could go do a vanity search and if your listeners can go search homeschool research on any browser and see what pops up, maybe one or two in the world. That's just, God has provided that and, and put us out there because we focus, focus, focus. And also, I, I like to think that the people involved with Neri do good quality research. We've gotten our research in peer-reviewed journals and all that. So it's all over, it's all over the internet, all over the world. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I've and I have found personally your research to be really helpful when I talk with the legislature or when I talk with parents, when I talk with um, legislators themselves, when I talk with their staff, or when I'm talking with a person new to the idea of homeschooling and they're full of questions a lot of these questions whether you're talking with a legislator or whether you're talking with a brand new homeschool family somebody that's looking into it isn't even a homeschool family yet yes um the same research has an impact on all of these people yeah so i i have found it tremendously useful i think it i'm i'm glad i i think that some of us especially people who come from a Christian biblical worldview, we, we want to hope that, you know, just going to the philosophy of it is enough. But you know what? We also live in a world where we want some, we want evidence, you know, we want yeah. evidence. And so it's very helpful whether a person has a worldview that's new age, secular humanist, pagan, Jewish, atheist, agnostic, Christian, it, it it's helpful to have some information, especially, and I think it's especially true, Nathan, because, I mean, let's just do a little thought experiment. Let's go back 140 years. People did not wander around thinking, well, what about socialization if Abraham Lincoln was home educated? Nobody, people didn't ask that question because home-based education has been the norm for thousands of years. Right. And People learned without institutional schools, without government certified teachers. But now, because we have been sort of like slowly boiled in the institutionalization world, we don't we don't believe that it can happen without institutions and these government certified people called teachers. So right. people want the evidence. They want the evidence. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And um, so I, I think it's really important, the work that that you're able to do um, kind of on a, on a large scale, as well as kind of on a on a smaller scale. We've worked together on some projects, um, specifically recently in California. Um, and that's kind of been, uh, I guess, in the in the works, we put a lot of time into it before we actually got to reap the benefits. But um I know that uh, what we just had our our capital day here in in Sacramento a few weeks ago, and in the packet of information that went to every legislator's office was our new California study um, that had the results of 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 that um, research that you helped us do through um, through the through BJU uh, Press Homeschooling with uh, with Chia, and um, I'm really glad that that was in there because um we got a lot of feedback saying oh thank you so much for the california numbers um yes that's what they that's what they really want to see is they care like you said about evidence yes and 
specific local focused um obviously california is a huge state uh, but um just seeing numbers on california versus the rest of the country is huge to them it is very much so and and i'm i want to give chia a plug and you your group uh F, do we go by fpm or something else yes FPM. okay because i want the californians to know who are listening these two groups were instrumental in not only your state-specific study, but now they've been instrumental in helping lead the way for a nationwide study. So go Chia, go FPM. Yeah, and, and I think we've talked about this, Nathan, but let's mention it again, way, way, way in the way back time machine, Mike Ferris, who was one of the founders of the Homeschool Legal Defense Associations, told people, we need two things. We need homeschool parents, with their children to go meet their legislators and you Californians are doing that because he said they need to see real people not right. just hear stories about nice or weird people and then also he said we need good sound research evidence and and that was right at the moment when Neri was getting started and we got to do the first big nationwide study that looked at academic achievement and demographics and also, I want to give credit HSL Day. They were they were very helpful, instrumental in getting that first study going with Nary. So it has had an impact, not not just in California, not right. just in Montana, not just in Florida, but all over the United States. And let's go beyond that, Nathan. People know this. It's had an impact in Canada, Russia, England, Australia. This research has had an impact all over the world because we were the first ones doing it. And now some of them, we're thanking God for this. They're doing their own now, a lot of them. But this was this is where we got started in yeah. the mob homeschool movement. Got started right here. That's incredible. Yeah, it's so encouraging to see that, that, uh, that idea of doing this research, pulling it together and getting it to the right people um is is being used around the world yes and i think you're you're kind of talking about your new study we need updated information all the time i mean there was a day and nathan might know this when hey if you were doing a master's thesis or a doctoral study they they want you to have what at least so many references within five years old and so many references within 10 years old that was all cool that was good that was fresh new research well now I think it's there's something that's happened with the internet. People think everything is now. They they, yeah. they they live in the moment. And if research is more than about two years old, they think it's old. It's not, but that's how people feel because they use their feelings right. so much. Right. But regardless, we do need updated research. And and the, the last big nationwide study was over, I think 12, 13 years now. So I'm very excited about this new study that California is helping with. It's really, really important. Yeah. That. So one of the one of the questions that I was hoping we could talk about is when we look at research, we've talked a little bit about how we can use research. And um, when we talk about that research, how is it that and and what can a, a, a single family do in the big picture of all of this? How does that make a difference for for one other family to participate yes. in doing research that ultimately ends up with wh whether it's a statewide study or nationwide study 
and then and then have that research ultimately when it's all put together um being delivered whether it's um to a legislature uh a, or a legislator uh more specifically narrowed um or or in some other venue what how does yes. it uh, how how does one family make a difference it's yeah it's so simple that if we don't have hundreds of those one families we don't have a study that's how yeah. it works so it's 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 kind of like when your when your favorite uh mission organization or your favorite california senator needs some money right well if if a hundred people don't give 10 bucks then there's no thousand dollars right if hundreds or thousands of california homeschool families do not participate in a study there's no study it's that simple and if you sit back and say well you know a bunch of other families will get into they they like research we're too busy please don't say that and you also might be thinking well, yeah, but I don't know. My children might not do very well on a test. <clears throat> That's okay. We want a real, valuable, representative sample of all kinds of homeschool families. In fact, <clears throat> if you, if you co are confident that your children are going to do relatively low on standardized tests, we need you even more. Right. <laughs> now, people yeah. might think that's kind of weird, but we want a whole variety. We want all kinds of people. And mm -hmm. if, if all the children, if all the homeschooled children always score way above average, people might even wonder if there's something kind of fishy or suspicious about that. We just want what's called a representative sample, which means a slice uh, of, of the community that's involved, in this case, homeschool families, that is just like what's really out there. We do not want a biased sample. We want a true and valid sample. So we need everybody to get involved. And by the way, somebody has to be below average. <laughs> and also the testing also, even though I do not think testing is like the gold standard of life at all, mm -hmm. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of debate about testing. We could talk about that sometime, but it is one way to know something about your children's learning. So on the one hand, it can help you learn something about how they're doing compared to other children in the nation on the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, mm -hmm. which could be helpful for you. And it might help you to learn about some area of strength and weaknesses for your child. So it can actually help you with your child. Right. And in addition to all that, we need the whole variety in the study so that when we do analyses and look at demographics versus academic achievement, all that kind of stuff, it gives us a richer, more robust sample. So it's extremely important that we have a wide variety of people involved in the study to make it be and appear to be a more valid study. Right. Yeah. We're not looking for, we're not doing cherry picked research. We're trying to do big picture research and mm -hmm. we need that slice. We need everybody all different types of people, different types of families in different situations. Yes. We we want to, we want them all. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to give a concrete example. So <clears throat> when we do these surveys, I hope everybody knows your your name is never going anywhere. There's no way for me to know who your child is. There's no way for the <clears throat> the testing service and me to put it together to figure out who you are. None of that. So there's a lot of an anonymity and confidentiality. So I want to say that because part of the survey 
will be questions about your household, like the typical stuff. You know, what is mom's formal education background? What is dad's formal education background? What is, what is the household level of income? You know, all those general questions that researchers need to know because they need to know kind of what, what type of family is it. So here's the, here's the specific example. <clears throat> if everybody in our study comes from households that are making over $100,000 per year, then everybody's going to know that is probably not a representative sample of homeschoolers. Right. And it's not going to be very believable. Right. You know, it's just legislators are not going to really probably value that research. Uh, it's not going to help the homeschool community learn about itself. So we do absolutely need the big variety. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, we need to we need to help people understand the importance of that because um, if if we don't have that if we're not able to establish that as fact that that there is a wide range um, then at that a wide range I should say that do well academically um, then the reason that that's important is because we have to be able to show legislators. Um, whether it's here in California, across the country, around the world, that these families from whatever background, they can do this. And we don't have to come up with some new set of standards to, to use to say, you can homeschool if you meet this set of standards. Yes, yes. And that's so important, Nathan. And, and, and this could sound like a research project is biased it's not biased. We're trying to get a representative sample. So it's not biased, number one. Number two, we know from a variety of places, we know overall that home-based education is more amenable to learning to learning than is institutional schooling. We know that. Even, even most professional educators would say, if they could take away, you know, the 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 angst about homeschooling, because they don't get to be involved as certified teachers. If they could take away the angst, they would have to say, you know what, small class size, all those things we talked about before, probably is good for children. And so here we go in the research that, look at whether mom and dad have high school diplomas or maybe were high school dropouts or whether they both have <clears throat> doctorates, whether mom and dad are poor or wealthy, what we know from 35 years of research is you know what? Their children are going to do fine being homeschooled. In fact, here's another thing to think about. Homeschool kids do not have to be above average, all right? <laughs> what what if what if we did all these studies and all we found out after we controlled all the variables that homeschool children just did average? It's kind of like whatever. They're doing average, but they're doing it without $15,000 of tax dollars. They're doing average right. without government certified teachers. They're doing average without all the controls of public schooling. That's a very interesting story. It is. It is a very interesting story. But so far, they're doing above average. Right, right, right. Exactly. Man, so that's uh, it's encouraging. And I hope it's encouraging to to families that are out there that are maybe considering homeschooling. Um, to realize that this, these are these are the facts. This is what the research shows, and um, and as we've seen recently, it's been showing that um, 
for a long time. Um, the same the same results have been coming for a long time. Uh, you you've been uh, doing homeschool research for a long time, or uh, do both doing research yourself as well as evaluating other people's research for yep. for thirty five. Yep. plus years yep. yep yep and you know that's a good point nathan some people say well you know that's that's nary that's that's brian ray maybe maybe they're too interested in homeschooling you know maybe they have a little maybe they have a little bias okay well i'm going to say a couple of things one all researchers all think tanks all researchers whether at your big state university your smaller private university or at a think tank they all have presuppositions that affect the questions they ask, how they collect data, how they analyze it. So everybody has these. So let's not let's not pick on anybody in particular. Number two, yes, at the beginning, I was one of very few people doing studies on homeschooling. But remember, that was 35 years ago. Right. We have dozens and dozens and hundreds of studies done now. And when I did a review of only peer-reviewed research a few years ago, we found that about three-fourths of the studies, or well over half of the studies, showed that home-educated children were doing better on average academically. And basically nothing showed they were doing worse. We also see in the research, this is these are studies by many people, not just Brian Ray, not just right. Mary. Well over half the studies show that the homeschooled children are healthier socially and emotionally than children in institutional schools. And well over half the studies show that in adulthood, those who are home educated are doing on average better than those who are institutionally school. So this is a pretty strong pattern now. It doesn't prove anything beyond quote a shadow of a doubt, but mm -hmm. it's a pretty strong pattern. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it's something for people to definitely appreciate that um, the study that we did here in California didn't didn't give us some new uh bizarre revelation it was yes. sort of reconfirming what we already knew was true based on all of these years of studies yes it's, yeah you know and i think i think that would be fun to watch here nathan like right now we think maybe i don't know let's say maybe six percent of school-aged children are home educated well what if someday it got up to 15 percent one five yeah well there'd probably be a wider variety of families involved. There'd mm -hmm. be a wider variety of kinds of children. And probably maybe the scores would come down closer more to average, but I don't think they'll ever go down to average because there are all these built-in <laughs> benefits of home education. Right, the practical aspects of- the Practical aspects, yeah. yeah. And, and if we only, this you know we could debate this for a long time but if we only look at achievement tests but let's look at some other things like how about love of learning how about eagerness to learn how about interest in reading books how about you just all these things yeah. that almost no research addresses that i i have a hunch the home educated would be doing better in i just i just have a hunch okay mm -hmm. So, so uh, that brings me to a question. Uh, if you, uh, as you look at uh, the work you've done with Neri and your own uh, research over the years, um, and you look at the next 30 years, um, are there any research projects that you, you would love to do? Um, or what's your, what's your uh, 
you know, wish list or anything yeah, like yeah. that, things you'd love oh, to do? Oh, a couple, a few things I can think of offhand. One, I would like to do what the perfect study that, that does not exist. But anyway, we could try it. Uh, sure. Let, let's say we're just, let's just assume for a minute, achievement test scores tell us something valuable. Let's assume that. And because we cannot randomly assign children to public school, private school, homeschool, it's, we cannot force that, right? In our yeah, society. Right. Uh, but we could do something like what's called a matched pair design. If we could do something like that, where we, we could find 50 children who, who've been homeschooled for, you know, through the 10th grade and, and 50 who are public schooled through the 10th grade and 50 private school or homeschooled through the 10th grade. And we can match them up on family background, like income level, parent education level, race, ethnicity, and all that stuff. And then see how they're doing academically. I, I have a hunch that there wouldn't be a huge difference. Yeah. But, but even then, maybe the homeschool would still be a little bit higher. But even then, it's still a big story because, get this, let's say it was just absolutely equal. You did yeah. the perfect study, absolutely equal. But just like I said before, absolutely equal with regular old moms and dads, no government certified teachers, no $15,000 per year in tax money, and no all these administrators and government controls. And these regular old families did just as well. That's, I think that's a huge story. But yeah, so that's one thing. Another thing I would like to see is more on adults who were home educated, public school, private school, and look at some things like incarceration rates, drug abuse rates, voting rates, mm -hmm. literacy rates, interest in reading a real book, like a whole book. <laughs> this, yeah. I'd like to see what the differences are between graduates of the different kinds of schooling uh, for 12 years of each. And then one other thing that I've always wanted to see somebody do, I don't know that I would do it. I would love to see what the effect of homeschooling is on the parents. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. I think, I think this is just a hypothesis. I, I think that the very act of homeschooling your children starts to develop you far more in general than a parent who sends the child away six hours per day to let somebody else do it. I think it would probably have an impact on the literacy rate of mom and dad the activism rate of mom and dad, mm -hmm. uh, probably the voting rate of mom and dad, uh, to use a, a kind of a, a woke term, the agency of mom and dad. I, I have a hunch that you take you take an average mom, let's pick on moms for a minute because they're they usually are the main home, you know, home time, home educators. Take a mom, take the moms. I mean, imagine a random selection of public school moms and homeschool moms who are what? 29 years old. Okay. And then follow them for about five years and find out the impact on the general knowledge, understanding, literacy of the two groups. I think, I just think it'd be fascinating. That and would I be think, fascinating. And I think I know which group would probably do quote better. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Again, uh, the opportunity by itself is enough to say, oh, you're in the middle of this and you're 
you're being exposed to all this learning that's happening. Yes. You're right in the middle of it. If anybody has ever gone and hung out for an hour or two around a bunch of homeschool moms, and then there might be a couple of homeschool dads in there at a co-op and listen to their conversations about what they're learning and what they know. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's like, whenever I want to know something about history, I have to go to my son or my wife. They know it's like they know everything. And I think it was largely because of the homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. They were, and, learning, they were learning together all the time. Right. And, and all, all ages um, interacting together on these, on these things yeah. too. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one, uh, uh, one last question before I ask if you have any, um, anything else you want to mention, but uh, this um upcoming in march in a couple of weeks here we have a couple of events where you and i'll both be speaking um in santa clarita in southern california so santa clarita um the 7th of march and in uh, the ventura area on the 10th and so um can you give us a, an idea of a little bit of of what you might be talking about there yes i i think we'll do some of what we've already we've just done here okay Maybe the big picture, research, the importance of research, the impact in the real world. Uh, but also, I'm very much looking forward to talking about our brand new study that Dr. Denise Shaquille and I got to do on, on abuse and neglect and whether the rates of abuse and neglect are higher or not amongst the home-educated children compared to those who went to conventional schools. So I'm not going to give away the answer yet, but... You know, that's been something that's uh, made the news here and there, some horrible stories that some people then like to pin on all homeschoolers. But we're going to dive right into that big time, which I, I'm really excited about doing that at these talks in a couple of weeks. And then also, uh, I'd like to talk about uh, freedom and what I call and maybe somebody else called, but I'm, I'm stealing the term, the freedom space of homeschooling and how and why I think it is one of the true, only, authentic, pure places of freedom in the United States and in some other nations. And why we, why that's so valuable mm -hmm. and why we need to keep it and expand it and maybe even relate that to tax funding and why we should stay away from tax funding of what we call homeschooling. So we'll be talking about all of that. Yeah, that sounds really great. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's always a good time. And uh, do you have uh, any any last thoughts, anything that you wanted to specifically mention uh, today? One more real one more real quickly. Uh, we've talked about research. I just mentioned freedom space. I just talked about a specific study. But I want to say as a Christian, we all have a worldview. Again, whether person listening is a humanist or an atheist or agnostic, a Muslim, a Jew, we all have a worldview. And the most important reason behind parent-directed home-based education that I can think of is that it is the job of the parents to be the main educators of their children. So regardless of research, which is very valuable and helpful, mm -hmm. home-based education is very good because it puts parents in the place where they should be and guiding 
the education upbringing of their children on a daily basis. And I don't mean alone, but they are the ones who are in charge of it with the help of others who they choose to be involved in their children's lives. So that's an important thing to talk about for a researcher. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. God made the family the way it is for a reason. And yep. uh, children need parents. Yes, they do. And it's a good thing that they have them. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I've been really enjoying our conversation and um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you in a couple of weeks in Southern California. So, so am I, Nathan. I'll be there with bells on my toes. All right. Looking forward to it again. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.